Trading Nut, episode 30. It does this based on what happened yesterday. Is this gap going to run or is it going to come back? The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment on the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Aaron Oating on the show. Now, Aaron is the stock trader that we're tracking across the course of 2019 to see if he can become a full-time stock trader and basically make a living from this. So he's been partnered up with Jeremy Newsom, and today is our we get to hear how he's doing after three months. So it's our three-month update. Uh, he's... He's got a he's got a good story. He's got lessons to tell us. He's got lessons to teach us. You're going to learn some stuff from here, guys. If you are a struggling trader, if you're struggling with what you're doing, then there's going to be lessons in here, either from myself or from Aaron. Uh, listen up. It's a good episode. And look, if you want to get the sort of fully immersed experience, then check out his first session, the first session he did with Jeremy, which is up on the Trading Nut YouTube channel. And it goes for over an hour, well over an hour. And Jeremy walks through how he approaches the market and really gets into some of the market psychology and also, uh, I suppose, some of the more technical aspects to his trading as well. But before we get into that, it just, it just reminded me that last week I actually lost my voice for two days. Uh, I had a bit of an ear infection and uh, and it sort of moved into my throat. I lost my voice for two days and my daughter had the same thing, right? So she had the same thing. I must have caught it off her. Um, but the moral of the story here is I've got a life hack for you. It's not a moral, it's a life hack. I've got a life hack that it's worked twice for me now and I'm going to give it to you guys because... You're my listeners, you're a valued listener, and I want you to stay healthy. And here's the life hack to a get get uh, I suppose avoid getting sick as often. Particular in particular if you fly a lot. Okay, so if you do a lot of travel, then this could be exactly what you need. So uh, it all actually started after my trip from Malaysia. So I went on the trip. I knew that last time I traveled, I got a really sore earache, uh, and then that turned into a throat infection, and I couldn't swallow for, for probably four or five days, and I had to go to the doctor and get anti, uh, get uh, antibiotics, and that cleared it up. This time, I was like, oh, I'm going to be doing like a lot of traveling, sort of over 20, probably 22 hours in total, if not more, on the planes, so I used all this medical stuff on the way there and the way back thought I had it and under control and then I got this dreaded earache again I was like oh hang on a sec this is what happened when I went to Australia and I thought what can I do what can I do what can I do and I remembered that my sister-in-law in Australia said to me if you get a sore ear either use this uh these drops that you can get called aqua ear and I used them and they didn't work. I used them in Australia. They didn't work. But she also said, and I'd forgot this, she'd also said, use a hairdryer to dry out your ear. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, I think at the time when I was in Australia, I didn't have a hairdryer. But back here at home, I did. So after I got back from traveling, I had a couple of days uh, of grace when nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, this earache started. Anyway, got the hairdryer out, 
gave it a good blast, like sort of three to four minutes, and you can actually noticeably feel your something change in your ear when you finish doing this drying thing. And it was like I was moving from very hot to 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 uh, sort of warm until I, you know, the, the heat. I couldn't bear the heat any longer. And uh, anyway, I did that as often as I could for about two days, two days, maybe three. And you know what? The earache went. No throat infection. I just went on with things. Okay, so that worked. Then, uh, as I mentioned, I lost my voice last week. And before I did, I got an earache in the other ear. And I was like, what are the chances? My daughter got the same thing. She got a sore throat. Um, She ended up getting a massive cold, was off school for four days. But I did the I did the hair dry thing again, and what do you know? It worked. I got the sore I got the not the sore throat. I got the uh, the lost voice, but it didn't go any further than that. So I was literally done with it in about two days, maybe three, and uh, no cold, nothing like that. Not off work. So guys, I know I've got on for a bit here, but I, that's a life hack. If you, if you want one, get a hair dryer. If you do a lot of traveling and get sick afterwards. And blow your ears out. All right, a little bit off tangent here, but I thought I'd drop that one in today's show. Now, um, trading wise, trading wise, I've, I've I'm actually quite ecstatic with where I'm at with with what I've been doing in the in the most recent times. I've actually held a trade for I think it must be four or five days now, four or five days, and I've locked in some good profit. And the reason this is such a momentous occasion is that this is the first time I've done that in I don't know how long. And the emotion's been really low, like not high emotion where I used to be really high emotion, really low. So so think that the worm seems to be turning here. Uh, I'd go as far to say as it has turned. So um, guys, that's my little update. Now let's get on with Aaron's update and, um, and hear how he's getting on. All right, enjoy the show. All right, folks, so we've got Aaron Oating back on the show after I think it was been a few months, hasn't it, Aaron? Maybe three months, is it? It sounds about right. Yeah. So, look, if you guys haven't heard his first show, you want to dive back into the episodes on tradingnut.com. Uh, I can't remember exactly what episode it was. It's very early here. Um, but yeah, head back there, guys, and check it out because this is where we got introduced to Aaron, a stock trader from Las Vegas who's basically putting all of his effort into trading the stock markets this year. And we paired him up with Jeremy Newsom uh, to basically give him some, uh, mentor him through the process really is, is what we're looking to do. Mentor him through and see if we can basically turn you into a profitable trader by the end of the year. That's the goal. Um, so how are things with you uh, personally anyway, before we get into all the, all the trading details? Oh, it's been busy as can be, man. This is like adding a whole other job. I'm getting up at six and doing this into one and then then working my regular job and then doing other stuff at night. It's just been uh it's been long days. Long days. Oh right. So you <laughs> so you really sort of this has taken over the world of of Aaron, is is that right? Oh yeah, I'm up I up at six AM and one one PM in front of the screen just grinding it out every day. And then at night I'll try to get it and Obviously, I got to run my businesses at some point. So my wife has generously said, "Hey, look, you start running at one, and from one to about seven, eight o'clock at night, I'm doing that." And occasionally, I've been uh, picking up late night bartending shifts because at some point, I'd like to get enough money to get over PDT here at the uh, stock trade. Yeah. So, okay. So you've picking up, you've picked up a bartending job as well. Yes. <laughs> on top of this, oh my word. Um, okay. So so uh, let's let's 
start off with finding out how you, how you actually got on. So, I mean, it's been about three months. I'm just having a look here. It was episode 22 um, and the exact date that that went live. And I think we recorded it maybe a few weeks, a couple of weeks before. It was 14th of February, March, April. Uh, so, yeah, we're look, actually, it's only two months since this went live, but probably three months or two and a half months since we last spoke. So, how you got on? So, I've been about a break-even rate. So, I'm... Uh mostly because of the end of March, I had a handful of, uh, I got greedy as is the right. Let a couple, had a couple big losers. It really boils down to I'm in the profit. If I hadn't been greedy in four trades, right? Really? Four trades. Yes. Really? I, when I went back and looked at it, it was pretty much four giant losers that just crushed my, my, uh, the P and L and win loss rate and all that stuff. So, and all of them I should have got out at even. So I just got greedy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and greedy in terms of did you increase your the amount you're risking or was it more just the fact that you didn't want to you didn't want to get out of break even? Essentially, it, I so I got lucky on one, and I look back at it, and the hardest thing is looking at my losers and figuring out is this a loser just because hey you're going to lose some trades, or is this a loser that you know I made a mistake on? And that's been the hardest part is figuring out which is, you know, sorting your losers into which category those uh, are into. Right. And, and I think I got lucky on one loser. It dropped down my stop loss. And I said, I think it's going to come back. And it came back. It dropped just under my stop loss and it came way up and I ended up making money on it. And that was probably the worst thing that happened to me because now every loser I'm looking at when it hits the stop loss, I'm like, oh, no, it'll come back. Yeah. It so so when, it, when you say it hits a stop loss, are you is that just a, a level that you're a level in, so I'm looking, yeah, level i'm looking at like it was kind of like every time i, try, I buy in um, especially and jeremy talks about this as well is you should probably know at what point do you think you're wrong at right. what point is the, the are you, you going to take my losses i'm going to move on and so um one time i hit it there and i was looking at a chart and i'm going i think it's going to come back and it did, and then I ended up making money on that trade. And then now, and then that predilected me for the next four or five trades to think that same thing was going to happen. And then I hold on too long and end up getting a big loss when I should have just taken a small loss and it would have been no big deal. Instead, it ends up being a big loss that just completely screws up your stats. Yeah. So, so I mean, have you got a hard stop in that stop loss level? So when you say it went to your stop loss, you obviously didn't exit the trade. But it's not a hard stop loss, so it didn't trigger, or it was just. You know, I was doing mental stop losses. I was right. watching because I was because I'm sitting in front of the screen. I'm watching it the whole time. Um, and the other and the thing I'm going to run into is I've been trying to, try to, and I know this probably sounds like a complete newbie thing to be claiming about, but trading around the PDT is just a pain in the butt, you know. Uh, Cause and, okay, because you're going to do so many trades a day. Is that right? Especially yes, because yeah. you can do you can do three day trades within a rolling five day period, and then the techniques and the strategies that Jeremy teaches are very day trade centric. Right. You know? Yeah. So and uh, so a lot of the, more more than once I've held trades like I'm like I know this is a day trade, but I don't want to spend it. Let me just hold it overnight, and I'll trade it first thing tomorrow, and then it gaps down, and I lost my profit. Right. And then and I'm and only reason why I'm holding it is because I don't want to blow a day trade, and now I don't. <laughs> Now that again, this is, sounds like one of those things. I'm like, oh, this is probably just a a newbie problem, but it's yeah, it's real for those of us under 25k. Yeah, and so so I, I mean, just going back to the stop loss thing, and I'm yeah. sorry I keep harping no, on no, about no. it, but um, so how do you know that 
it's time to close a trade when it when you're you've, it's gone past that stop level. Well, I think there's. I mean, you're looking at two things. I mean, for me, it's basically right now. I'm looking at. You know, at at some point you have to pick when you're wrong. You know, and you have to. And I, I'm just reading it by a half, trying to keep my in the vein of keeping your losses small and theoretically, and this is where the PD thing would kill me. I should just get out and get back in lower. Cause I'm thinking it's going to get around, go up at some point. Um, I said, usually I try to keep everything under 3% losses. So, uh, and essentially using, uh, probably uh, candlestick measurements, usually looking at going, okay, if it goes under this point, that's usually a signal that it's, it's going to downturn further rather than continue on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no. so so when so because I mean I look I'm, and the reason I ask this is because I've been in the same position where the stop is you know I've got a either a mental stop even if I could even have a hard stop and yeah. at the point that price starts getting close to it it's like hang on a sec oh but if this if that and you know you start to cut you start to make up all these scenarios to go well, oh of course yeah look I, I shouldn't and, have entered here and I would have actually entered here or. Um, and so therefore my stop loss would be much higher or much lower depending on if it was a buy or sell and exactly. and then you move it and well, I tell you, <laughs> tell you what, the, the thing it did to me is fr- literally just Friday I had a massive revelation and I started just asking myself the question of should I just be buying at where I'm thinking of setting my stop loss like half the time and like should I just try to enter where I'm setting my stop loss and that question alone I had two winning trades on Friday just by waiting until it actually came down to my stop loss, my original quote unquote stop losses buying there. And then it going up from there. Yeah. And, and I'll look, I've had the same thought process as well <laughs> and it worked for a bit and then it didn't work. And then I gave up and moved on to something else. So, I mean, if anything I do, I mean, I just, my recommendation is back test that and, um, and make sure you're sort of happy that that's, that that's the system. And look, that's what I've, that's what I've sort of found is is the key thing that I was missing for for quite a while, which, which was um, I didn't have like, I couldn't answer every single question. Like, mm. how do you know your stop's done? How do you know you yeah. you know how do you know to, to get out if you've got a stop, which is a mental stop, <laughs> which <laughs> you know it's it's difficult. So anyway, so do you want to? Do you want to talk us through? So you break, you basically break even, or just under break even. Yes, and that's primarily due to a few big losses. So before those that that happened, I mean, how were you tracking? How did you feel you were tracking? Well, the last two months overall, I I went back. I've tra- I've got them all in the spreadsheet, and I'm exactly fifty fifty on my trades. Actually, with the with the happen Friday, I, mean, I have a couple that are still, you know, that are still being held because they're swing trades. But I'm over the last three months. I'm exactly fifty fifty. So okay, and so so that means that you've got fifty percent wins, fifty percent losses. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And are your wins bigger than the losses? No, <laughs> just by by like a, like three bucks. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's, so it's basically yeah. a sort of one to one strategy. I mean, I I had a look at Jeremy's video that he did with you, so yes. that the training session, which was fa- fascinating stuff. I mean, how did you how did you find that when you came out the end of it? Because I mean, I I, I mean, I bet said I was going through it at one point seven five speed, so um, he was doing it pretty quickly. But I saw that like a lot of it was more risk management 
with a little bit of an edge and sort of saying, hey, like, I don't know where the market's going to go. Um, but if I keep my risk management in good order and keep trading the same strategy and the same approach, then things will come out in the black eventually or I might just get a good run of blacks. Um, so, yeah, how did, you, how did you find that after the show? Well, that's certainly a piece of it. I think the other part of what he really emphasizes is using the candlesticks to understand trader sentiment. And I think, uh, well, I think you had a previous guest on, I forgot her name. I think it was the, the, the lady from Australia who was talking about, can you oh, look at a chart Louise. and figure out? Yeah. Yes, Louise, Louise was an amazing interview. And I actually went, was checking her stuff out. Um, and very much when you look at the chart, you know, where are people panicking? Where are people taking profit? Very much looking at and using that kind of, you know, way of looking at the chart. And that's very, very in line with what Jeremy's teaching is one number one thing you know, he's homework is that you need to be able to look at the chart and figure out based on today what what the guy who bought yesterday is thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then act accordingly. And that's very much I think where I think you had infamously on your opener, you have the guy who says uh, candlestick trading is a trap. <laughs> and I think <laughs> I think he is partially right. I think if you're just watching patterns and going, oh, the hammer, the, yeah. you know, the joke formed and you're just trading off of that you think you need to look in context of the larger chart and go okay you know this is what's happening and then this this pan pattern has formed which usually indicates that this is happening but you need to look at it within context of the larger chart and understanding are uh, is the guy yesterday panicking or is he you know taking profits and that kind of stuff so so um would you say you've got to a point where it's you know you've got a fairly mechanical system that you're you're going through or is it is it fairly fluid based on or discretionary based on like that candlestick sort of tells me that everyone's panicking or or, or that sort of thing it's a, i'm still kind of i'm i've essentially got it down to based on stuff that we've been, went over jeremy and looking at his previous videos and a lot of stuff that he shared with me i've got it down to about okay i've kind of created a bullet point of these 12 different types of trades and some of them are just variations of different stuff um and I'm trying to figure out, okay, which one of these can I trade well and which one of these am I, am I crap at? And I'm going to get rid of the ones that I'm bad at. But you need a, enough trades to know which ones you are good at. So I think that's certainly um, part of it. So he's big on trading, uh, well, and especially day trading, is gaps. He's a huge gap trader. And I'm not revealing any secrets. He's got all his videos are public and stuff like that. And he talks about retest gaps and uh, gap and goes. Right. So essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so and he's real big about, you know, you look at those gaps, and then you break it down onto okay, it does this based on what happened yesterday. Is this gap going to run or is it going to come back? And I've just and and those have been very successful for me, just based on that. Um, looking at what what and essentially says what what does the guy yesterday think he's doing with today? Is he taking profit? Well, then it's probably going to stock going to pull back a little bit. Right. Okay. Cool. And so, yeah, one, yeah. So, so with 12 different sort of variations of a few strategies. Yeah. I mean, are, are you, um, how are you, how are you managing that over the number of stocks that you're trading? Have you got, have you got a set limit to, to where you focus your attention on? Well, I kind of broke down, uh, this is, uh, I have a couple different watch lists going and trying to sort out, okay, I'm watching this stock for this reason. I'm watching this stock for this reason. And so that way I'm very clear on what stocks I'm walking for what reasons. That way I'm not like cross-contaminating, so to speak. 
And also, I'm, try, I'm trying to get a large enough sample size. And so on my chart, I go, okay, this is buy, this is where loss, this is where you got out, this is the profit, this is the R's, all that kind of stuff. And including that is the pattern. And I have them each numbered, you know, one through 12. And then I'll write that down. And then when I feel like I have a large enough sample size, it's probably another month or two, I'll look back and I'll say, oh, okay, every time I trade, say, a double bottom, you know, I lose. Well, clearly I should stop trading double bottoms. Right. You know, and that, that, that kind of, you know, the simplistic logic of it. And so that way I can get, okay, these are the ones that I'm, because I think he has a, uh, Jeremy's good saying is, is everything works, just not all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and you have to figure out what, what works for you, what works for your strategy, what's your personality. I think I'm so, you know, in the newer phase, I'm still trying to figure out what is my style? How do I trade? What do I trade? What works for me? And uh, and what about the, the psychological aspect of it? I mean, are you have you struggled with that at all, or is it coming quite naturally? Uh, there's a couple. <laughs> it, it's been um, like I think I got to get a little more disciplined on on my stops. It's definitely a, a huge one, as I said. Um, I also found some in, some I found some bizarre stuff like before before the market started. I was like, all right, I got to start getting myself in the right headspace and. So I've started, all right, I'll get up, I'll stretch a little bit, and then honestly listening to 90s grunge music for whatever reason gets me in the right headspace. <laughs> that is odd. <laughs> I know, it's very odd, but I was just like, all right, it gets me like, because it, it's funny, as an actor, you used to, when you watch backstage, every performer has their own rituals. Like, I know Broadway stars that would do two shots of vodka before they went on stage every time. Right. Know, because they would, because it needed to get to a certain level. I know other ones that would just listen to classical music or listen to heavy metal. Like everybody, you know, needed to get themselves in that right mind state to be prepared to be on stage. And essentially it's the same thing is like, what do you need to do to get your mind at the running at the right energy wave to trade? Yeah. And, and like, you need, I need to be alert, but if I'm like overhyped, then I'm going to be engaged to over trade. And if I'm obviously sluggish, then I'm going to be like missing stuff left and right. So you got to get right at that right sweet spot. Okay. And so, so, I mean, what about like from the positive side? So when you've got a winner, uh, are you happy to let them run? Um, I've been playing with that's, I'm I'm still, like I said, still very in the new phase trying to figure out. And I think, again, listen, you, and you had the gentleman who was talking about he was taking his, taking his winners much quicker at a third of whatever he thought it could run to. I forgot that gentleman. Oh, that was um, Sean, Sean Lucas, who yes. was just on last week. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and that was, I was looking at that because I'm still trying to figure out, because the, everyone knows the age old saying, you know, you let, let your winners run or, you know, you should let your winners run except I was doing that and then they were all coming back and then I was losing on a couple of them. And I'm like, all right, was this just, again, is this just what happens or is this an actual, or did I make a mistake and not take, you know, a profit where I should have? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, eh? It's like the, the times you do let them run and it's like, oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> I got stopped <laughs> out. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? And then you, you start changing things straight away. Um, yes. Which which isn't which also doesn't work. So there's two things that don't work, so. which means that there needs to be a better way. Um, so like, I, mean, I do. Sorry, one thing on. I did learn is you need to if you're if you're looking at the five minute or you look, look, whatever time chart you're looking at, keep looking. Like if I buy in the five out of a signal on the five minute, then sell off the five minute. You know, don't don't try to sell off the hourly or something else. 
you know, you need to keep, at least I found that uh, I, that was certainly something I, I would do is like, oh, I bought, the, there was a buy signal on this uh, bullish, you know, retest gap. And I would be like, okay, I think it's going to go. And then I'd be looking, I'd switch over, start looking into the hourly and I'd be trying to let it run and it would pull back. And I'm like, I need to just stay on the chart that I bought on. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to Sean's point, I think, and that, it click. It could be one of those things where there's like a lot of people out there going, yeah, let your winners run, and then all the people take making all the money are the ones not letting their run, <laughs> winners run like Sean, who's taking, yes. taking a third of a cycle and getting out and feeling good about himself, which sort of boosts that psychological aspect, which I really liked. Um, that said, we don't really find out, like, and I'm sure he's got some other videos where he's, he's talked about it, but we don't really find out um where he puts his stops and that was probably the main thing that came out of that interview was like yeah I, I should have probably asked that where do you put your stops and understanding that well, great if you're taking a third but i, I suppose I, yeah. it was the exact opposite of like what Luis is saying which is she makes most of her money off a handful of trades a year yeah. is what she's talking about she gets a couple big winners and that's in the, where he's getting a bunch of small winners so it's very Every, I, the more I've listened to it, the more I realized everybody kind of has, has can have exact opposite advice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, and I, I mean, thinking back to um, uh, this trader on the show in the past called Rob Booker, who has now got a robot. Where I just watched one of those videos recently where he he like sort of snipes not profits but losses, so takes the odd loss or his his customers take the odd loss off the table at the end of the day. But at the same time, it's always like placing lots of trades and making little profits a bit like what sean was doing so like taking lots of uh lots of trades lots of different positions and taking these profits off so that when you do get a loss it actually doesn't really matter that much um Mm -hmm. and i I sort of started doing that with one of my robots and it works quite well because you you almost it's almost like you're trading to, to 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 survive a loss and so funnily enough you know you win three four five trades in a row and then you actually can accommodate one or maybe two losses. And then it's like, oh, hang on a sec. So now, and you keep going, you win another four or five. Now I can accommodate three losses and four losses. And five, you know, and all of a sudden, you start building up this account really, you know, through small trades, which I suppose with the loss hits, yeah, you're going you're gonna to get hit, but it's not going to destroy you um, because you've built up, you build up this sort of, portfolio of cash um so yeah I, I it's a little bit off tangent and i don't recommend you start changing your whole strategy based on this but it is interesting a eh? like the different ways that people can approach this game and and make money from it which i think is that the ultimate thing and some something we sometimes lose focus on is the fact that you're here to trade to to make money even though making money causes all these psychological issues with what you're doing. So it's that, yeah, it's that sort of odd combination and culmination of what Sean's doing um, where it's like, okay, let's just take some money off the table and be done with it and feel good about myself as opposed to doing this stuff which where I keep losing and feel like, like I feel like I'm not doing, like I'm having a bet. You lose like literally wake up in the morning, lose a bad trade overnight or lose a trade overnight and or you're having a losing day, to try and make that feeling disappear is is, is even with a small risk risk trade where the money actually doesn't matter is quite difficult. So, I mean, it, 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 
how are you feeling about those sort of things? Well, I was, I'm thinking to the point where I feel like I'm in the tunnel and I can actually see the end of the light. I, I, I can start, I'm starting to see like, okay, there is a strategy here. There is, there's something here that can, that I can make work, you know, and I'm, and I'm still, you know, the guy stumbling around in the dark trying to figure out which end of the, you know, the old, old, uh, the blind guy you know, who's holding the um, the elephant, the one guy who's holding the, the trunk will tell you it's a snake. The guy who's holding uh-huh. the tail will hold it. And so I'm starting to get a feel for what what this elephant is. Yeah. But and so I'm feeling optimistic, even though on any daily basis I might be swearing and you know trying to <laughs> <laughs> calm myself down because I because um, I as I told my wife the other day I was like I, I'm just so annoyed that I keep making the same mistakes over and over. I'm just it's not. It's not. I don't get annoyed that I make mistakes. It's annoyed that I make the same mistake over. Yeah, I just, yeah. That's and that's the yeah. I know what you mean. And it's like because I yeah. I can watch it and when I'm doing back trading or after the fact, I can go, oh, this is clearly the mistake I made. Clearly, I got greedy here. Clearly, I should have done that here. Or clearly, you know, this was obvious. But then in the moment, you get it. Just you know. It's a different thing. Well, what what sounds promising is the fact that I think with this um, this rule that you, you know you can't overtrade, it does it does automatically put you in a different headspace because you you basically can't just go go right. Uh, I'm going to revenge trade on this. It takes that thing out of the equation. Is that right? I, yes and no. Uh. So at the same, so the <laughs> other day, so the yes, the positive side is that the negative, especially like. Uh, the other day was a great example. Um, there was I was look I was doing my my scan. Three 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 stocks hit, and all of them were um, this bullish retest gap that Dar- Jeremy teaches, and they're all like picture perfect for it. So I'm looking at all three of them, and I'm looking for them to you know it's it's gapped up at the day about they've all somewhere between three to ten percent. They all start to come down, and at some point you believe, you know based on the thing you believe they're going to come down and come and run again. And so I'm looking at all three of them and I've only got one day trade. So I can't trade all three. I have to just pick one. And I pick one and I pick one and it does a small one. And the other two ripped for like one ripped for like 50% and one ripped for like 20%. And the one I got ripped for like one, one or 2%. And so, so I'm like, I'm sitting looking at going like, or I would have traded all three of these. And so, and, and because, you know, because, I can only choose one to trade that day. I can't choose them all. Right? So. Yeah, it does it's, limit it's things. Off. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's pluses and minuses. It's that is like because it it keeps you away from the law of big numbers. You know, you can't get enough sample sizes in sometimes to actually test the stuff. You have to actually you have to pick and choose, and that's exactly what you're trying not to do. Is say, hey, every time it does this, it does this bullish retest. I'm gonna get in. And then if and if a large enough percentage of the time it's correct, you make money. It's you know it's simple math. But if you can't get to that law of big numbers, now you're putting too much decision making in my lap. Righty ho, that that make, yeah, it, it makes it does make it hard for you. I can I can feel your pain. And, and well, I was I was, th- I was thinking of trying, the best metaphor I came up to is like if I was playing soccer, as you guys would call it, football. And I'm the new guy, and I'm told, okay, you can only touch the ball 10 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, sure, I can help. I can kick the ball around. But every time the ball comes to me, I'm looking to one-time it. Yeah. Instead of actually, you know, do the smart play with it. Yeah, yeah. It is. It does It does hamstr- uh, hamstring you? No. 
Um, yeah. 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 It does hamstring you. Um, and not that you can't trade around it. And that's, and that's the other part is this is, it's the, you know, there's not, it's not an impossible task or anything. It's just one of those things. that's like, okay, I got to work within this little, this little box over here. And so, so what about, um, what, what's, what's up in store for you then for the next few months? I mean, have, have you got some sessions coming up with Jeremy or, um, anything outside of just doing what you're doing? Well, not, I mean, we got the one session planned. We were supposed to have one earlier this month, but I think he's gotten real busy. So we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten a second session in, which I'm excited to do. Um, but other than that, it's just, yeah, still keep getting up, grinding, trying to figure out, uh, sort of clarifying for me what exactly I'm trading and why. And so, you know, I've, I've kind of got a broader stroke and I got, I think I got to really start narrowing it down and get real specific on, okay, I'm only trading this specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm going to throw this question in there just because it seems like it's quite a big issue. Like, have you considered trading anything else given the fact that there's like, you know, this, these rules that do prevent you from, from, uh, trading too much? Yeah, listen to you. It does tempt me to jump into the forex, but the uh, four-year there was. I think you said the gentleman who was trading and did all right on stocks, and then eventually switched to forex and had to tra- start over for another four years. Yeah. That that, <laughs> that that part does not sound fun. So it's it's a tough. Um, it's, it's 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 I. Yeah, I've asked you the question because I wanted to just ask it to you. I didn't want, I don't want to influence you in any way, shape, or form um, because I think you're right. It, it is that. I mean, that's some good advice there. I think it was um, Simon that left that for, for us. Uh, what was his name yes. again? Simon. Um, oh, sorry, Michael Storm. Michael Storm. I don't know where okay. I got Simon from. Um, <laughs> you can probably make the word Simon out of his, the letters in his name. Michael Storm, yeah, I think he was one of the ones. And there was actually quite a few of them. That that did that had that journey from stocks to forex and yeah it was never easy was it it was never ne- nobody ever just jumped in there and was profitable straight away so well it makes sense the the, the thought process is so different with trading you know forex is much more there's a larger global market to keep at stake and you know I think with a lot of times with stock you're like okay how is this single company doing and even a lot of the companies are going I don't even know what this company does but I know that uh, this is what I think the previous traders are thinking. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, well, it's completely different instruments, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it's a company versus a country and, yes. you know, a country needs a, a, a stable ish, uh, currency. So it's always sort of mean reverting. Whereas the company's looking for growth. So it's always trying to grow. So there's more sort of, you know, I suppose a bullish bent to it or, or bearish bent, depending on how the company's going. But, um, but there's also motivation for for countries to want to devalue their own de- currency because then you know yeah there's I mean there's know, I'm not I'm not an expert on it but there's certainly we all know that there's value and you know China's been trying to devalue their stuff for a while you know anyway yeah so but, so it's it's a different beast I think we can sort of agree yes. on that and um, hey look uh, I think that that's a great update from for where you are now I hope you get a session with Jeremy very soon I'll. I'll hit him up on my end to, to make sure that happens and uh i look forward to catching up with you later on in the year to find out how things are, are going 
that hopefully uh, I'll be whistling Dixie and telling you exactly how to make a lot of money in this. Yeah, look, uh, that's what I hope as well, mate. So all the best. And um, yeah, guys, if you've got questions for Aaron, then jump onto the show notes and leave a comment there. Uh, or if you're on YouTube, just leave a comment under the, under the videos and I'm sure he can answer the questions for you there. All right, mate, have a good uh, Sunday over where you are and uh, I'll chat to you later. Talk to you later. Righty-ho, guys. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Aaron. It was fairly early in the day for me, so uh, it wasn't probably my best work. But hey, you know, we've got some really good episodes coming up, actually. We've got uh, another trader coming up and something a bit special uh, in the next couple of weeks, actually. Something a bit special. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Easter's just around the corner, so have a great Easter weekend. If you're doing something special, then I hope you enjoy it. Um, now, if you are thinking about joining the Robot Traders Club, I've got some s- cool stuff coming up, coming out the door for the Robot Traders Club. So stay tuned for that, guys. Listen up. Stay tuned. Keep subscribed to the podcast. Subscribe to it if you're not already subscribed. Uh, leave a review if you haven't left a review. And um, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well because there's a lot of extra bonus content on there that I don't want you to miss. All right, guys. Okay. See you next week.